What's up, everyone? My name is Eric Adams, and as a professional in the food and beverage industry, with well over 15 years of experience, I started asking myself, where is the diversity in leadership? With that being said, I created a podcast. This podcast, going live in 2019, will be called Seat at the Table Podcast. I will have the opportunity to interview all minorities in the food and beverage industry. I mean, I'm talking to chefs, I'm talking to managers, I'm talking to entrepreneurs, and finding out how they embrace culture and change in the community, and also what makes them different. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. What's up, everybody? My name is Eric Adams, and welcome to Seat at the Table Radio Show, episode five. I have the pleasure of interviewing a good, good friend of mine. I've known her for a couple of years and love to see the progression, the progress that she's done, and very happy for her to have on the radio show. So, Jessica Fisher, what's up? Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for taking the time to uh, meet with me and, you know, allowing the world to hear your story. And, you know, it's very important that we, uh, you know, just show the diversity in uh, the radio show because when we speak of, speak about minorities in the food and beverage industry, you know, it includes all different types of minorities. So, like I said, you know, having women in leadership is way important as well. So, just to have a, a woman in leadership, it just brings uh, a lot, it speaks volumes to this uh, radio show. So, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, how's, uh, how's your day going so far? Perfect. I had my latte. I'm caffeinated. We're good. Oh, excellent. Good to go. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, let's dive right in. So, uh, Jessica, what's your story? Well, I'm originally from Ohio. I have always been uh, one to want to work and make my own money. Allowance didn't quite cut it for me when I was younger, so yeah. I, I got my first position in food and beverage at the very refined joint Applebee's Bar and Grill. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I was there for several years, and then that kind of opened the door for me and let me understand. I mean, I was back in the kitchen, cooking, I was expediting, I was serving, I was bartending before I was allowed to legally Shh, don't tell anybody that but <laughs> but yeah I mean I learned a ton from there um, which kind of took me into the hotel world and the food and beverage world within the hotels which has always been really fun for me just because my mother was the type of mom to try to give us as many experiences all over so it was fun to be able to be a part of that for people you know people save their money for a long time to go on vacation have nice dinners do whatever they're doing so it's nice to be a part of that excellent excellent so after applebee's what was the uh, next step for you which hotel were you working at i was working for the hyatt oh nice yes and that was in ohio and then i i moved to dc with them and then and then i came out here to las vegas and Went away from the Hyatt just because they're not very prevalent out here, but I I learned a ton from them from the hotel standpoint and the tourism side. So, yeah. yeah. 
It's actually pretty funny because uh, I understand that story. You know, when you said Applebee's, I remember starting off and I worked at Ruby Tuesdays, and it was literally. Ruby Tuesdays. It was Their literally. Salad bar, man. That's right. That salad bar took at least three hours just to set up in the morning with those pewter uh, containers. So, pretty funny. So, what brought you into the F and B industry? Well. Like I said, I wanted a job. There were two jobs I could get at the age of 14 in Ohio. That was not a newspaper route, which I already had. <laughs> that was Applebee's or Kroger. So Kroger didn't really, collecting carts wasn't something I was super passionate about and I've always been passionate about eating and spending time with people. So. Okay, excellent. Nice, nice. So when you moved out to Las Vegas, you jumped right into management as well? Or did you work a line level uh, position? So I, actually when I moved to Las Vegas is when I got my first supervisor role. Oh wow. So I was always line level before that. Um, so I came out here and my first position took a chance and had me as a full supervisor making diddly squat as a salary. Um, but I took it happily because I was excited just to go into a whole new world and think about things different. And I remember sitting in that interview and the, the director who was interviewing me was asking me, you know, what's the most important things about being a supervisor or a leader? And I'm naming everything that has nothing to do with financials. <laughs> like, so wrapping my head around the fact that it's more, it's deeper than just making sure people have a good time. Um, it's an interesting learning curve. So if you uh, had the chance to answer those questions differently, would you uh, answer them differently right now? Oh. Heck yeah, obviously that we need to make money to, to keep people happy, so. Okay, excellent, excellent. So uh, tell me about your role model. I always have difficulty answering this question because I don't have just one. Um, there are so many people that I, that I look up to in, in different ways. For me, I try to surround myself with people that have passion in whatever it is that either they're doing or they're um, interested in, right? So being around those type of people almost infuse that passion into me for whatever it is that I'm doing or looking to get into. I have friends with their own startup companies, friends that have been food and beverage mentors of mine. I have, you know, the typical mother role model story, strong woman single mama, that whole thing. So really just being careful about who you spend most of your time with so that they're they're giving you positive and creative vibes and not bringing you so you said something that uh, was just very interesting. So you said single mom vibes. You know, do you have a family? I do. I have a son. Oh, wow. Yes. Single mom? I am a single mother, as in I am single and a mother. <laughs> However, I am one of the lucky ones who has an amazing co-parent. So without him, it would be very, very hard to be where I am today. And so I respect the heck out of the women that don't have that kind of support. But um, my son's father and his family have always been really supportive and allowed me to kind of reach where I am. So with the food and beverage industry being so, you know, needy of the time, you know, we're spending 60, 70 hours just in the venue. How do you find time? To, how do you find that balance between work and home? It's hard. And it's been a really hard transition. And I think the hardest thing was speaking up about it because, you know, as a, as a woman, 
typically, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in generals right now, I'm not assuming everyone's under this umbrella, but as a woman, you almost have a sense of, um, you're nervous to bring up <laughs> what you need to do outside for your family because you don't want people to think that you expect to be treated differently because you have children. And um, I remember interviewing for my first job at the Hyatt in Ohio, and I was five months pregnant at the time. And I made sure to wear black clothes, loose, not form-fitting, because I was so scared that if they knew I was pregnant, and they would put together that I'll need to be on maternity leave soon. And, and it's kind of just been that same sort of deal since. So I, I kind of keep it to myself until I'm, I'm in there. And then, I, you know, you kind of got to prove your work before you can be like, okay, at 12 o'clock, my son has a school program. I'd like to make it too, so we can arrange for, uh, you know, so it, it's, it's challenging. But once you figure out the balance, um, I think it's important for moms and dads to be able to leave and, and go be there as a parent so you're not that, that parent that the kid's talking about when they're 25, like, oh, she was never there, he was never there for my basketball games or whatever. There's a way to fit it in. Maybe not everything, but a lot of things. Excellent. So uh, let's discuss a specific accomplishment you've achieved in your uh, previous position or current position and uh, that will indicate that you'll thrive in leadership. So I had a goal and my goal was to reach a GM position by the age of 25. Not just because I wanted to be a GM but because at that point I had worked with a company that I'm with now for a few years. Um, and, and I reached that goal. I, I got to be a GM and I have close to 200 employees in my area alone that I'm overseeing and now I'm in a position where I actually get to transition into a new role where I'll be managing <coughs> multi-units, so about nine different small outlets. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I, learning to uh, manage that many people has been an interesting um, road <laughs> because it wasn't easy at first, especially learning to manage managers. When you're a young leader coming up, it, it, it's almost uncomfortable at first because you have a lot of managers that are older than you. Maybe you have more years of experience than you. So trying to be um, to pass along wisdom to somebody that feels as though they are the only ones that can pass along wisdom can be hard. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fun. Good. When have you been most satisfied in life? Well, it's going to be corny probably, but I, right now, right okay. now I'm extremely satisfied. Like we kind of touched on, um, I finally figured out that, that balance on how to be there as a mother and be there at work and, and, and be there for my people that I'm leading at work. And I'm just in a good place. I'm, I'm doing things to take care of my mind, my body, my soul. Um, and I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately happy. So it can only get better from here. I'm going to keep learning. Probably a little bit more stressed out going into a new role, but that's all temporary. So, yeah. Good. Very happy. So uh, I ask this question a lot. What profession, other than being your own, would you like to attempt? It's a very easy answer, Eric. Oh, wow. I would like to be Olivia Benson from Law & Order Special Victims Unit. <laughs> be a detective, take down the bad guys, kick ass. I did a kickboxing class last week and really decided it probably would never happen for me, but in my dream world, Olivia Benson. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, that was uh, not expected. Not expected. So that's funny. So, uh, what type of impact do you have on the Las Vegas community, or what would you like to have on the Las Vegas community? Well, I think we can always do more, right? Um, and I can, I'm definitely in that group. But one thing at my current company that I'm very involved with is our initiative to hiring veterans um, and helping them get back into the regular workforce and not into um, a lot of people obviously have struggles acclimating back into civilian life. So um, I'm also a mentor in that program. So oh wow. Yeah, so I have somebody that works there who is an at-risk veteran who I just talk with, make sure he's doing okay, make sure he's acclimating, um, and, and I'm just, I'm there to support him. On top of that, I actually found a nonprofit organization recently that I love their their vision. It's called Dress for Success, and we actually helped cater one of their business learning lunches. And they basically help women that are trying to get into the workforce, back into the workforce, and they take donations for, for business clothes. And so, you know, obviously, anywhere you go, you have to look the part, act the part, in order to be the part. So it can be really challenging if you're coming from a place where you don't have the money to go buy all of these new outfits and, and everything for the interviews or for your first couple weeks of work. So. I think that it's just really cool and of course, you know, being a part of empowering women to do better is always inspirational for me as a woman, but I mean, there's so many great organizations here, so I'm sure it won't stop there. So what what drove you towards that nonprofit organization? Like what drives you towards the, you know, the veterans and the nonprofit organization? Like what was that that just sparked that interest? Well, the veterans, um, my grandpa was actually a prisoner of war in World War II, and he took me to Europe when I was 14 to see where he was captured by the German soldiers, where he was held captive, where he had his first meal once um, the end of the war came and he was released. I mean, it was all so interesting, and I've always listened to it, and he was actually the commander for the ex-prisoners of war for the nation, so he's meant you know, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, you know, all this different stuff. So it was a huge thing for me growing up, veterans, my mom was in the Air Force, you know, everything. Um, and then obviously just with the Dress for Success, it was on accident. It wasn't something that I was looking for, but um, my restaurant, we, we catered food and I went because obviously um, it, it was nice to have some women go to, to an organization like this. And it was just, inspiring just because I know what it's like you know I was never you know struggling to this point but when I first moved out to Vegas I didn't have much and I, I was never in a professional environment before to the point where I had suits and things like that and, and it really it took a lot of what little savings I had just to get enough to get through the interviews and, and I was lucky because I was hired within the first couple weeks of living here and I know that that is not the norm so um, Again, it's just all about being around people that either you're empowering, they're empowering, sharing passions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's say you're, uh, you know, there's a young lady back at home that's listening to this uh, interview. You know, what words of advice would you give to her if she wants to pursue her uh, career in food and beverage? What don't steps would she take? Well, first of all, don't be too good to try anything. So, for me... Um, 
rolling up my sleeves and putting mashed potatoes in a portion bag was something I never really dreamed of doing, but to me it was really interesting seeing that side. Um, taking positions that maybe you don't pay as well as your serving position does, because many people start out as servers, it's hard to get out because it's, it's good money, right? But also taking those risks and not being quiet. The worst thing you can do is just say yes to everything and not have a voice and not have an opinion about your business. Um, and I think sometimes it's a struggle, at least it was for me, coming from the type of family that I am from, which is very respectful and yes ma'am, no sir, whatever it is. Um, so to finally learn how to speak up to my leaders who I looked up to and disagree with them was a very, very hard hurdle. But once I finally passed it, it made it a lot easier to, to leave with my own vision. Okay. What about those uh, young individuals that say they're listening to this radio show right now, they're on their way to Vegas looking to pursue their career, and they think that it's easy to get a job out here in Vegas? No. I have friends that come, came out here after me with college degrees. Mind you, I do not have one. So wait, can, wait. Yes. Really? I do not have a college degree. I did not finish I had my son when I was 19, and um, I just stopped. I, I took a break that hasn't exactly uh, stopped being a break yet. So I don't have a bachelor's, and I have friends coming after me that had bachelor's, and it took them way longer to find a job, and one of them ended up moving to California. It's not always easy. And honestly, I could have been snooty about it when I got my first job offer, making, I mean, seriously nothing compared to what I was used to making. Um, but to me, it was just like, it's a start. I'm in a new city. I don't have a right to turn down a job right now, no matter how crappy the pay is. And it really paid off because, you know, people started to believe in me there. And, and, and then, hey, that's where I met you. So it's, it's been good. So, what would you say is your, how would you define your leadership? I would say, for the people, that sounds really presidential and it shouldn't be, but um, I'm very down to earth with my employees. I've never been the type of person that acts um, higher than them. Um, so for me, I'm just, I'm one of them, but also showing and leading in the right example and how I want them to act, and I do the same thing. If I'm telling them to do something, I'm not going to go do whatever I want just because I'm the boss. And then with guests, too, being very approachable, down to earth, um, I just get along with people, and I think learning how to talk to all kinds of people from all kinds of positions, all kinds of places, all kinds of backgrounds is huge because if you're just stuck on talking to people that only you want to talk to, then you're never going to get anywhere because there's so much more out there. Okay. So what's next? What is the end goal for you, Jessica? Like, where do you see yourself as corny as this interview question sounds in the next five years? Do you look at being in building your own brand? Do you look at, you know, running a multi-million dollar establishment for a corporation, you know, where do you see yourself? This is always such a hard question because I feel like it changes. I love the phases. So I love working for the company that I work for now and and I've loved working for other companies. 
so running multiple outlets that maybe I don't personally have the, the money to, uh, <laughs> to, to put into building myself. But then also the idea of having my own place where I'm controlling all of that is, is such a cool concept too. So I'm kind of in a position right now where I'm kind of going with the flow. I'm learning as much as I can from everyone that I can and everything that I can. We'll see. I'll be just as surprised as you to see where I am in five years. Would you uh, open up an establishment back at home? Yeah. Yeah, why not? I think there's so many more types of establishments out here because of the influx of people from everywhere and taking that to somewhere that doesn't have that type of uh, uh, variety okay. would, be, would be really cool and really fun. Cool. Yeah. So... You know, a little, uh, one more question. Actually, two more questions. So, you know, with you being in the industry and, you know, obviously you may love to go out and eat in certain places. What's your favorite uh, type of uh, restaurant? Like, what type of restaurants do you like? What type of genres? You know, you prefer, like, sushi? You know. I do. I love sushi. But you know what I love more? I love beer. Beer is my favorite. Yeah. So... When I, pick a, <laughs> when I pick a good place to go, it usually is surrounded by the feeling of the place and their beer list. I don't know how that sounds, but they usually have great food to go along with the beer. There you go. Um, so I haven't found the perfect place here yet, although there's a lot of uh, good places I've discovered. But... Probably not as best as Grand Rapids, Michigan. Shout out to Grand Rapids. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm from Ohio. We can't do the shout out. <laughs> go Big Blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, Jessica. I really enjoyed, um, you know, this this time to, to speak with you and for the world to get to know you and hear your story. Uh, not only is this very inspiring for a lot of young you know, women that's out there listening, but it's just a good, a good, great story to hear. You know, it's just all about progression in life and just to see where you were years ago to where you're at now. Uh, you know, it's very inspiring. So where can uh, listeners find you at? On social media, LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn, Jessica okay. Fisher in Las Vegas. Okay, all right. Find her on LinkedIn, Jessica Fisher in Las Vegas. Um, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, cut it from there. So uh, all my Talk 808 family, want to say uh, thank you once again. Aloha, mahalo. And uh, to all my Seat at the Table radio listeners, uh, we appreciate having you, and we look forward to uh, Episode 6 coming up next week. Uh, thanks again, Jessica. Thank you. All right, have a great day.